order to understand the basis of Scripture, we must place ourselves in the context from which they were written. As the Scriptures confirm, there is power of life and death in the tongue, and in order for us to overstand the words spoken, we must acquire a superior knowledge which comes from the Creator, Most High, the Beneficent, the Most Merciful. This podcast is dedicated to the seeking of knowledge, the reading of written word, and the understanding of the will of the Most High Creator of the ends of the universe. May He forgive me if I do or say anything wrong. Welcome to an Overstanding Word podcast, where we discuss context of scripture in order to overstand the words within for intended applications thereof. I'm your host, Nakia Anderson, and welcome to this journey that we shall take together. Thank you for tuning in and listening to today's episode of an Overstanding Word podcast. I'm your host, Nakia, and today we are going to continue our journey that we have started in the book of Job. There is so much wisdom and understanding in the book of Job that it provides us with a sort of primitive understanding of who our creator is, why he created us, and how he allows for things to transpire. As we get ready to dive into Job chapter 5 today, I want you to examine your own life. See, the reality is this. Almost all of us have someone in our life who, when things befall us, will be quick to take a side, quick to start pointing a finger, quick to place blame in places when they don't have the full details around the circumstance or situation that has transpired. Now, we know according to the journey of Job, chapters 1 and 2, If you haven't listened to those already, we did go through those chapters on this podcast. So go back, do yourself a favor and listen to those episodes for context and understanding purposes. We've also dived into chapter three, which gives additional detail when Job gives his first response. But there are people who are around you who are quick to judge you. You have to be aware of those individuals. They will be quick to blame you. When the reality is this, there are forces working in and around us that we may not be aware of. This is why mental health is so important because, see, the enemy wants to control the mind of the people. He knows that in controlling the mind, you can control the behavior, and the behavior then subjugates the people to your control. So as we listen to this, I want you to keep in mind that all of what is said is not always necessarily true. So let's dive into Job chapter five. Now, for context, as I always encourage, go back and read chapter four and listen to the other episodes of chapters one, two and three to help you to bring you to the point of where you understand what is transpiring with Job here. Now, this is one of his friends, one of his three friends that come to him to console him after all of these calamities and situations have befallen him. Now, this is a continued response from Eliphaz the Timnite, one of his three friends that came to him. And he continues with this in verse number one. Cry for help, but will anyone answer you? Which of the angels will help you? Surely resentment destroys the fool, and jealousy kills the simple. 
I have seen that fools may be successful for the moment, but then comes sudden disaster. Their children are abandoned far from help. They are crushed in court with no one to defend them. The hungry devour their harvests, even when it is guarded by brambles. Now, just for understanding purposes, the word brambles is shown in other translations as thorns. So they're talking about the harvest being guarded by thorns. So let me continue. The thirsty pant after their wealth, but evil does not spring from the soil and trouble does not sprout from the earth. People are born for trouble as readily as sparks fly up from a fire. If I were you, I would go to God and present my case to him. Now, see, Eliphaz actually gives some good advice here. Because, see, there's oftentimes where we get in our troubles and our situations and our people who are judging us or pressing in on us and giving us advice this way or that way. When the only help that you need in the midst of trouble is your creator, you don't have to rely on mankind's understanding or even your own understanding because we know that man's understanding can be flawed. Just look at what took place with Adam and Eve, right? As soon as they committed the deeds that they committed, what they say? Though, let us go cover our nakedness. Well, who told you? Who told you that you were naked? So we don't always have to figure it out by ourselves. And this is my encouragement to you. Take it up with your creator. Go to God. Take your case to God and present it. So this is good advice he's giving here in verse 8 of chapter 5 of Job. Let me continue. He does great things to marvelous to understand. Again, he doesn't give us all the understanding. He performs countless miracles. He gives rain for the earth and water for the fields. He gives prosperity to the poor and protects those who suffer. He frustrates the plans of schemers. So the works of their hands will not succeed. He traps the wise in their own cleverness. So their cunning schemes are thwarted. See, we think that we are so wise that we have become the creator ourselves. So what do we do? We go cover up our mischief just as Adam and Eve did with the leaf. They took a leaf and covered up their nakedness because after they were exposed to their nakedness by the adversary, which is the same person who came in the meeting of the councilman at the beginning of Job. Go back and listen to Job 1 and 2. You'll see that the sons of God came and Satan came with them also. So he's there. He's present inside of you. Sometimes your inner me tells you to plan out, to scheme, to do all these different things, to be so clever, to have all this wisdom. But why does the scripture declare that you must have a constant renewal of the mind? When? When? Daily. Because each day presents itself with new challenges. That's why it says don't worry about the challenges of tomorrow. For today there's enough problem. Let me continue. So Eliphaz continues here with talking about those that consider themselves to be wise. Those that are schemers. Right? And he says in verse 14. They find it is dark in the daytime. And they grope at noon as if it were night. He rescues the poor from the cutting words of the strong and rescues them from the clutches 
of the powerful. And so at last, the poor have hope. And the snatching jaws of the wicked are shut. See, this, the words here that Eliphaz is presenting are very, very powerful. Because see, the words you speak are so powerful. There are so many people that proclaim to be, you know, Christian or Muslim or Buddhist and all of these different isms and schisms. People claim these things, but then they don't walk. Their words that protrude from them don't speak to the things that they claim. Their walk is contrary to what they claim to be faithful to or claim to profess as who they are. So how can you claim to be a quote-unquote Christian? Or how can you claim to be a Muslim? How can you claim to be a Hindi? How can you claim to be a Buddhist? How can you claim to be a Sikh if you do not walk in the teachings of the ones who laid out the foundations of those things that you say you believe in? That's the question that you need to answer today. Oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, I'm a, I'm a Muslim. How is it that you're these things, but you don't walk in the actions of those who laid out the things that you should do? Why is it that you don't walk in the presence of your creator? Because all of his deeds are of good, of righteousness, of peace, joy, happiness, and love. But we're in a world filled full of calamities as we speak. So the question that needs to be answered is, what side of the coin are you on? All right, let me get off. I digress. <laughs> let me continue here. <clears throat> but consider the joy of those corrected by God. Verse 17 is what this is. Don't despise the discipline of the Almighty when you sin. Now, see, there's the error in Eliphaz's statements to Job. See, his thought is this. Job has done some sin that has been unseen that has caused him to fall into calamities. People, when your name is mentioned in the heavenly realm, you don't necessarily have to do anything for calamity to befall you. Think about Job 1. The enemy said, hey, the only reason why Job is faithful to you is because you've given him all these things. But surely if you'd reach out and touch any of some of these things, that Job will turn his back on you. And so the enemy took attack and offense on Job's faithfulness, on his righteousness through attacking his physical arena, his physical environment, took his family, took his wealth, took his home. His wife even said, after seeing him suffering, why don't you just curse God and die? It would be better off for you than to have to go through all this suffering. Sometimes when your name is mentioned in the heavenly realm, you don't have to do anything. And these things come. But see, Eliphaz here is accusing Job of sin, which is one of the reasons why you see what you see transpire in the chapters that continue beyond Job 5. So I highly encourage you, if you're listening to this, to go and continue the journey in Job 5. I'm going to bring you towards the ending of Job by going to some of the later chapters uh, a little bit later on in this podcast. So please come back, tune in, and listen to some of those other episodes to understand what transpired and what the ending of this story of Job is, what the lessons, what the meanings and the takeaways from this Job story is. But that's that's Eliphaz's understanding. And there's the error that comes into place because as the scripture declares, Job was an upright, blameless man. 
So let's continue with verse 18. For those he wounds, he also bandages, which is right. He strikes, but his hand also heals. For six disasters, he will rescue you. Even in the seventh, he will keep you from evil. He will save you from death in time of famine, from the power of the sword in time of war. You will be safe from slander and have no fear when destruction comes. You will laugh at destruction and famine. Wild animals will not terrify you. You will be at peace with the stones of the field and its wild animals will be at peace with you. You will know that your home is safe. When you survey your possessions, nothing will be missing. You will have many children. Your descendants will be plentiful as grass. You will go to the grave at a ripe old age, like a sheaf of grain harvested at the proper time. We have studied life and found all this to be truth. Listen to my counsel and apply it to yourself. See, that is the end of Job chapter 5. And as Eliphaz eloquently declares towards the end of this chapter, when you truly choose the sanctuary of your God and take your problems to him, as Eliphaz gives as a piece of his advice, take your problems to him. See, the enemy, what, what you don't know is that the enemy, when he's fighting you, he's not fighting you. He's fighting the God within you. He's trying to get you to subjugate yourself to his dealings, his way of doing things. And we know that he's a liar and a murderer, as was such from the beginning. He disguises himself as an angel of light, seeking to divide you from your creator, thus putting you in sin. But we know that sin was abolished. So if sin is abolished, why not walk in the things that Eliphaz is laying out here? Which is the fact that he will save you from death in the time of famine. The power of the sword at the time of war. That you'll be safe from slander. That you'll laugh at the destruction and the calamities that the enemy's trying to throw at you. Because you know that nothing he can do, no schemes that he can plot will reach you. Because you live safely and secure in the presence of the Most High. And if you are walking in the presence of the Most High through righteous deeds. Through having your heart fixed, then you know that there is security in your walk, in your journey. The key is giving away who you say you are. If you claim you're a Christian, if you claim you are a Muslim, if you claim to be a Buddhist, etc. If you claim these things, then you should walk in the example that was given to you by those who are the originators of that faith. Of that thing that's called a quote religion. Otherwise, you must throw away, pull off that bandage of religion and throw it away. Because see, people, men, have used it to think that they were wise and subjugate the people to their control, to their will, and not the will of God. Thus, religion created a separation. So if we continue in our religious practices, saying we're all oh, blessed and highly favored and all these things, then we should also do the deeds of blessed and highly favored. We should walk in the words of blessed and highly favored. So I really thank you for listening. I thank you for tuning in to this episode. 
We will see you next time, Lord willing. May it be the will of the Most High that this message reaches those who have listened and even those who have not necessarily listened through the actions of those that did listen to this episode. May your actions and deeds match what we profess and we can proclaim as who we are. May our creator receive the glory for everything that we do of righteousness. May the enemy utterly be destroyed. May he also forgive us for any deeds that we do that are unwillingly and against his will. Thank you for listening. This episode has been brought to you by way of the Giving It Away to Walk in the Presence of God fundraiser. Link is posted in the bio.